Today is Mother's Day, and so I thought, I looked up, of course, looked it up on the internet, and some of the expressions that come in Mother's Day cards, of course, I'm not going to read them all, but I thought I'd read a few. If you did not receive a Mother's Day card, this is it. All right, Happy Mother's Day. Words cannot express how much you mean to me, but I'll give it a shot. You're amazing. Thank you for all you do. Ta-da! That's a good one. There's some here I don't care for, but I wish we were able to be together on Mother's Day, so some of you. Your children are not able to be here. Ours are somewhere, <laughs> Missouri, maybe El Salvador, and in, uh, in, uh, in Mechanicsburg, but I wish we were able to be together on Mother's Day, Mom. Please know I'm thinking of you today, and every day I'm thankful for all you've done for me. I love you. I cannot imagine what it was like to put up with all my escapades. I don't think any of us had kids like that. I don't put up with all my escapades throughout the years. But you've done it with grace and patience. Thank you for loving me and putting up with me. Wishing you a happy Mother's Day, Mom. Uh, another one. I look at our family and I am so thankful you made that happen. You were always there for us, supporting us, loving us. Happy Mother's Day, Mama. And I read through some of these. Maybe some of them fit for your life. Maybe they don't. Um, some for Grandma. None of us are grandmothers. You are grandmothers. Anyhow, Grandma. Happy Mother's Day, Grandma. You've built such a beautiful family. We all love you and rely on you. I hope you have a special day. And one final one. I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day filled with all the joy and happiness you bring to our life. Happy Mother's Day. That's the last good thing I'm saying about mothers. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, take it with a, a little humor. Still full of it, yeah. You know. So in Proverbs chapter 31... Um, this proverb, I, I remember speaking on it once. Um, there was got a lot of flack from it. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know what thir Proverbs 31 is, we're going to read some of it from verse, from verse 10 to, to verse 31. We're just going to read some of it. But um, it is, I think if you took a thousand women and picked their best qualities of, uh, of the whole thousand, you might come up with this, okay? Now, sometimes we read this and people think, how on earth can one person do all of this? They get mad at me. I'm just telling you what the book says, you know? But um, it's, I don't think it's that type of a, a passage in which it's a pass-fail thing in which we read these statements and then, you know, it's like we got to do all this stuff. Okay, let's just put it out here. And I'm only reading bits and pieces. But uh, we'll start at verse 10. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with her, works with eager hands. She is like a merchant ship, bringing her food from afar. I think she shops at Walmart. <laughs> she brings her food from afar. Or that could be West Virginia, from afar. But anyhow, never mind. We grew up, we, we went to school in West Virginia. I'm not poking fun, it's a great state. But anyhow, she gets up while it is still night. 
and provides food for her family. Now, someone wonder, how can this be, this cannot be one person? Because this verse 15 says, she gets up while it is still night, okay? So she gets up early in the morning, way before dawn. Um, verse 18, she sees that her trading is profitable. So she's, she's a merchant. She, sh she goes and ships far away. She brings things home. She, her earnings are so good, she plants a vineyard. I mean, this lady is top notch here. Verse 18, she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. She stays up all night and she's up early in the morning. Nobody can do that unless she sleeps in the afternoon. I don't know. But we look at this, this chapter here and it's one of those things that if you read over it and you think of one person becoming this individual, it's very difficult. It's almost, it would be an impossible task. And, um, but anyhow, verse 23, her husband is respected at the city gates. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom. Uh, verse 29, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. And verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Okay, that's wonderful stuff. I'm not preaching on that. <laughs> I'm not going to speak on that. You know, um, what I am speaking on is the other woman in Proverbs 31. <laughs> and that's in verses 1 through 9. The saying of King Lemuve, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Okay? So this guy's the king, his mother's the queen, and she is giving her son advice. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son. The answer to my prayers. You're the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemieux. It is not for kings to drink wine and not uh, for rulers to crave beer. Lest they drink and forget what they have decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are anguishing. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Well, you may wonder, what on earth are we going to talk about? What is he going to talk about with that verse? Well, just think of it this way. It's hard for preachers to find good sermons for Mother's Day. <laughs> because... Today we are speaking about the other woman in Proverbs 31. To be sure, reading this chapter brings what, uh, with its certain curiosity about this text. Um, I think the chapter has qualities that is exhorting us and leading us into action. Verse 30, this chapter 31, 1 through 9, touches on a matter that is important to the living gospel-driven life. Living the gospel-driven life. This verse touch, touches on it. Now, so the challenges of speaking on the Proverbs is finding out how that these Proverbs fit into the gospel and into our everyday life. People would wonder, where would, 
a pastor go in presenting this text? <laughs> it simply seems to say that the mother is telling the son, don't drink beer and don't chase women. <laughs> End of story. Amen. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not what it says. It says that, but it's more than that. So we have stated in the previous weeks uh, on our study on what we believe series that all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So how is, how is this verse then connected to profitable training and, and, and listening and finding out what is righteous? So, and of course, this, this text is not just limited to Mother's Day. It is a scripture that could be written or given on any Sunday, at any time, to remind us of God's calling for his people. So, some mothers on Mother's Day dread a Mother's Day sermon. They would rather do eight loads of laundry and have a root canal. <laughs> That's reading the first ten, verse 10 to whatever, 31. Yeah. I thought that was funny. <laughs> rather have a root canal and come to church on Mother's Day. But one group says, I'm getting hammered when I go to Mother's Day service because they're going to tell me all the things I should do. Another group says, I'm a woman that doesn't have children. That's the, that leaves me out. And then, of course, there's a group that says, you know, relax. Don't worry. It'll be over in 30 minutes. <laughs> so... But I remember, you know, we had a few la a lady, a lady here years ago. She was a uh, minister's wife, and um, she, she used to not like, you know, she, her husband was a pastor for 50, 60 years, I don't know, long time, and he had passed, and she was here in the church, and she would always say, well, she said one Mother's Day, do I, do I qualify as a mother? And I said, well, what do you mean? She says, well, I had twins that died at birth. Am I a mother? <laughs> I said, of course you are. You had babies. <laughs> and even if they weren't born, they were still in there. And you're a mother. And, and we go further to that in just understanding that mothering is more, is <laughs> like some would say, any person can have a child, but it takes a real person to be a mother. And even if you don't have children, Ladies, you're still mothers to someone, either the neighbor, the nieces, the nephews, whomever. You're still a mother to someone, and you have those characteristics that kind of come out as to who you are. It's in your DNA. And so it's part of your life, and it's part of who you are as an individual. And so what we find in here is the encouragement from the Bible about the impact of your life that you make on other people on the next generation, on other children. If you're their mother or you're their grandmother or whether they're their nieces or nephews or cousins or whomever, you still have an impact. So this is a message not only for moms, but for dads, for teachers, for coaches, for aunts, for uncles, for grandparents, next door neighbors, anyone who touches children. And it is not a day off for men. <laughs> Preacher's not going to talk about us. We can go to sleep on this one. But not so. The challenge is for a mother who fears the Lord 
teaches her children to use their strength, first of all, to serve God, and then to serve the needs of people. We find that um, it's important that we see how the, the mother here, the queen mother, writes to her son or talks about her son. Verse 1. The sayings of King Lemieux, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. So this lady is a mother. She's a queen whose son has become a king. We don't have a clue who this Lemieux is, but his mother is the queen mother and has something significant to teach us. She has some very important words. She has a message from God. She wants to deliver to her son, and she wants her son to listen. Now, I'm sure that none of us have ever said these following words. Verse 2. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son. The answer to my prayers. (laughs) You're the answer to my prayers. Listen to me. That's in the Bible. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever heard those words spoken to you? Have you ever said those words? So literally she's saying, listen to me, with an exclamation point, and she, the queen, is telling her son, the king, pay attention to what I'm telling you. So you are the one I love. She's prefacing this. You're the one I love. You're the one I gave birth to. You're the one I prayed for. And God gave me to you. And I often think of those compassionate phrases that says, I brought you into the world and I can take you out. (laughs) That's a man saying that, you know. Men don't, women don't say that. But I thought that was a joke, okay? Compassionate words. Follow along. I'll finish soon. I can just imagine what my wife's going to tell me after this sermon. I didn't tell you. I told most of the people. This morning, she had a new holy discovery. I woke her up. She goes, holy moly. (laughs) I was supposed to get up a half hour ago. (laughs) I didn't know what she saw, a holy moly. I still haven't found out what a holy moly is, but she found it. Okay, so if any of you find out what a holy moly is, let me know. So anyhow, each of you, you don't have to be a queen mother whose son is going to be a king to make application of these truths to our life. At first, the mother's advice looks very, (laughs) fairly predictable. Don't chase women and don't drink beer. So if we stop there, we are missing what the text really is talking to us about. The text really answers the question, how will you use your power when life presents you with the great opportunities? How are you going to use your power when the great opportunities present themselves? Every one of us are going to have opportunities that present themselves. What condition are we going to be in to receive them? You see, we're in preparation. You know, the, the stuff you receive in college, did you ever ask yourself, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> yeah, what am I going to do with this? It means absolutely nothing. Well, it's kind of like the summation of many things that at the end, perhaps it has an influence on the direction of our life. And without the, all those things coming together, 
you wouldn't find out what that is. That sounds like good logic for paying all that money. But uh, <laughs> it's important that we prepare ourselves, and everybody prepares differently because we all have different callings, and everyone is going to pre be presented with opportunities. When the door of opportunity knocks, you can't get prepared. You have to be prepared. It's like the missionary. There were missionaries that prepared themselves. This was a number of years ago. When China was totally cut off, no outside influences were allowed into China. Well, there was this young couple who prayed, and they were wanted to be missionaries to China. They went to school. They learned the language. They learned the culture. They learned the, er the, the culture of the area that they wanted to go to. And when the country opened for Americans to go in and teach, they were ready. They were the first in. Because they were ready for the opportunity that God had prepared them for. And in our life, th that's kind of what this message is about, that the queen mother is telling her son, don't be caught up in all the things of politics and women and drinking and carousing and all the power that goes with it. Don't be caught up in that that you're not ready for the opportunity to be king and to be a good king. And this is what I think that God is speaking to us about. We, we all have these opportunities. We all have times in which the doors open. And sometimes those doors are only open for a short period of time. So we have to prepare ourselves. We have to prepare ourselves. And so as a mother, grandmother, neighbor, mother, whomever you might be, you are there for a purpose to be a teacher, trainer, to give wisdom and understanding that comes from a perspective of love, of caring, of, pre of preparation. So you see that as we prepare our children, grandchildren, neighbors, whomever you have influence on, you want to prepare them in such a way that they are ready for the opportunities. There's a, there's a young man, uh, well, he's not young anymore, but when he was a child, he grew up in the projects, and I think it was in New York City or one of the big cities, and he was an African-American in a very poor area of town, and in his school, the teacher asked for them to write down what it is that they wanted to be, their goals in life. And this young man said, I want to be on television, and I want to make people laugh. Well, his teacher took these things. He, he read them, and they all you know, talked about the different things and goals. But he didn't, he didn't read this guy's paper. And after the class, he had him come up, and he says, you know what? Given where we're from and your background and who we are, you need to have more realistic goals. So the kid was devastated. He goes home, and his dad asks him, <laughs> well, what's wrong? He says, well, the teacher says I shouldn't have these goals. And, uh, and his dad said, you keep those goals. And so the young man is Steve Harvey, <laughs> the guy on TV that does the game shows that makes people laugh. You see, he had a goal that Everyone basically was telling him, your background and where are you from and your nationality, you can't become this. But you see, he believed in his heart that there was something there for him, and he went on preparing himself for the opportunity. Now he's on all the time on TV. So the question then is, how will we use 
the power and privileges that comes with these opportunities. And see, as a mother, you have power and you have privileges. The answer for our children is to prepare yourselves for the opportunity that has not yet presented itself. Remember what you learned. What you learn is never wasted. What you've experienced is also a teacher. The person who doesn't learn from their experiences won't learn from anything. You have to learn where you're at, what you're going through, and failures are not the problem. It's how we handle the failures, how we react to them. And God is, you know, he doesn't cancel out our failures or our sins. He forgives them. And then we learn to live with the, sp with the Spirit of God and the power of God and the Word of God. Verse 3 says, Do not spend your strength on women or vigor on those who ruin kings. Well, the concern was that her son would go into the, the, the idea of kingship and create a large harem. And basically in those, ti in those times, harems were marriages between powerful families and influential neighboring countries in order to create alliances with them. But rather than creating and seeking on creating alliance, mother is telling him, don't get caught up in these things which will destroy you as a king. <laughs> a good example of this is King David, who ruined his career because of an adulterous relationship, or Solomon, who ruined his career with all of his wives. Uh, I believe he had 400 porcupines. That's why the little boy read it, concubines, porcupines. It's another little joke there. So anyhow, <laughs> you didn't think that was funny, Ruth? <laughs> You're supposed to laugh, okay. Anyhow, but we look at these things that we, we've got to look at, you know, people in the scriptures. Everybody in the Bible is not this holier-than-thou individual that never has a failure or a problem. We find that the scripture is full of individuals and their choices and the challenges that they face, they face, and how that they overcame their difficulties and overcame who they were as an individual. Do you know, if you study the David, we think, okay, King David, he's this wonderful, great guy. Well, he is. But whenever he was a child, the prophet came to his father's house and says, God has told me to come here because from your boys, he's going to anoint the next king. So his father brings in all of his sons, and the, and the prophet goes to anoint them. And these are six of them, I think. Uh, five, I don't remember, I'm sorry. But anyhow, he goes to anoint them, and he says, none of these, do you have another one? His father didn't even think of him capable of being looked at by the prophet to be considered a king. Oh, there's one more, David. He's out there in the field watching the sheep. He, he's basically a nobody. He's a runt. <laughs> and the prophet says, bring him in. And he's the one that's anointed. You see, he was overlooked by his brothers. He was overlooked by his father. He was overlooked, as it were, in life. But God had a plan for him. Verse 5. Lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Those who cope with the pressures of being king by drinking and forgetting what they've decreed. 
that's a big mistake. We look at um, Ella. There is Ella, king of Israel, who was getting drunk with Zimri, one of his officials, and the official assassinated him. <laughs> you see, I'm sure you've heard about mothers against drunk drivers. <laughs> That's a lady whose son was killed by a drunk driver who founded that organization. So to dramatize the uh, point against the abuse of alcohol, the queen says in verse 6 and 7, Give beer to those who are perishing, wine to those who are anguishing. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Now, if you took that verse at face value, it would be free beer for the poor. <laughs> That's something that would be done today, you know. You free beer for the poor, go and vote. <laughs> But anyhow, that's not what she is recommending. She is using sarcasm on her son to the duties that go with his position as king. You don't, you don't give out. It's, you can't do this. You can't give to those who are, you know, those who are down and out, just give them beer and let them forget who they are. No. It's that be a leader to talk about, and she'll get to this in a moment, to deal with the opportunities that come their way because everyone has opportunities. Verse 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. So after this sarcasm of give beer, <laughs> after that she says, this is the true message. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So what she's saying here is, you know, don't chase women and, and, and don't drink beer. No, she's saying about how that those actions to suppress who you are and deal with the pressures, let them go. Because your position is to speak for those who cannot speak up for themselves. Hmm. A mom who fears the Lord teaches her children to use their strength to serve God and to serve people who are in need. The New Testament, he that is greatest among you, let him be the servant of all. We spoke about Jesus, that he, he um, took off his robe and put a towel around him and he washed the feet of the disciples. He that is greatest, let him be the servant of all. So, I think of... Um, I, I don't like to use personal illustrations, uh, but I think about our family. My mom used to talk about my grandmother, and in the days of the Depression, there would be transients, you know, coming through town, and they would knock on the back door, and my grandma would always be feeding the transients. <laughs> and, you know, my mom, she was always talk taking care of those who were in need. Um, I think we had about 18 foster kids that came to our home. And we had two that lived with us maybe 10 years. And they were always helping people. And some of them, you know, appreciated it, and some of them stole from us. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's just the way it went. But they never stopped them from doing the good. And I think of, you know, Rhonda and her teaching. She always had her kids take care of those who were less fortunate to those who were not on a scale that the other ones were. They were a bit different. 
that she always teamed him up and had them work together. Our Rachel, <laughs> I think it was in fourth grade, she took care of a um, physically challenged, mentally challenged child who was her friend for her entire life. And it was probably the reason that she deals with special needs children and is a teacher. And David, he, te- he, he goes to rural El Salvador to take people who are in abstract poverty. And, you know, his goal is to move them from abstract poverty to just being poor. <laughs> because living on $300 a year to finding a way to have food and housing and things. Taking what you have and using it. You know, it's just important that we take what influence we have. Was it there 365 days a year? Well, if you know me, it wasn't. (laughs) But that's not the point. We all have strengths and weaknesses. And so as we look at this, God will use our strengths and he will use the things that are important to us that we look at the things of the scripture and it it becomes transparent in, in what we do. You know, our attention is drawn to the greatest king of kings. And of course, that is Jesus. At the beginning of his ministry, he stood up in the place of worship in his hometown and read the words from Isaiah the prophet, which he applied to himself. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, the recovery of sight of the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's all wrapped up in who we are. It's wrapped up in Christ. And when he finished, when everyone looked at him, waiting for him to continue reading, to give some sermon for the day, Jesus simply said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. (laughs) And they just went like, You're not that guy. But he was. And so in our life, we can look and say, Well, I'm not that person that you're talking about. Yes, you are. Because Jesus is inside. He's in our hearts and minds. And it's his presence and his spirit that makes the difference. Later in the New Testament, James summarizes it this way. The religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We learn the lessons in our families. And how do we know if we're doing the right thing? Well, we check our motives. We use our strengths to help others. We use what we have in our talents to make a difference in people's lives. That, (laughs) who's going to get the glory from all of this? And so we look at this. There's always benefits that go with doing good. But it's about doing good that makes an impression upon the hearts and lives of others. We look at Jesus who paid the ultimate price. He gave his life for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us. We who failed, he he came to redeem us and to give us new life and so that we can look and find the opportunities that he presents to us. That there are opportunities coming in your life prepare your heart prepare your life we're not done living yet (laughs) and we've got a ways to go 
But Jesus is coming back. So let's prepare our heart to do good, to serve those, to help those in need, to take care of the poor. So we find that moms, <laughs> I'm not talking about the flower, moms <laughs> don't have to be perfect. You just have to be you with the love of God in your heart. And that will make all the difference in the world. Love God. Love his word. Love your children, grandchildren, neighbors, kids, other kids. Do your, do your part in making a difference in the lives of others. For you see, we will then teach people. We will then be discipling people to be followers of Jesus Christ. Amen? Happy Mother's Day. I didn't beat you up, did I? Just use the opportunities that you have. It's God's best and God's blessing to you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for mothers. God, no one is perfect. And certainly, we're not, you're not looking for perfection. You're just looking for a heart that is open to you. And God, you will do the rest. So thank you for that, and thank you for such wonderful ladies, children. Thank you for all the blessings that you've brought to this assembly. God, we are grateful for the touch of a mother's hand in all that we say and do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.